0: to Episode 5 of Season 2 of Partnerships and Possibilities, a podcast on leadership. In this episode, asking for what you need. Hi, I'm Sharon. And I'm Diana. And we're going to be talking about leadership in organizations. Leadership in organization
1: happens at all levels and takes many forms. Sharon, last time we were talking, um, we spoke about the women in at work mm-hmm. and women in high tech fields and women in other fields and 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 some of the challenges that are associated with that and I think one of the challenges is um, is around how do we ask for what we want and I think that shows up in a lot of different areas um, that shows up in uh, how do we ask for what we want in terms of promotions? How do we ask for what we want in terms of our how our 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 work environment is set up?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I um, many many women, many people actually in the U.S., but I see it more endemic in women. But mm-hmm. I know that it happens for men too. Um, we we become somehow acculturated to. Making do with what we're given, rather than asking for what would really make things better. Right, and we can even compromise our ability to do the best job we can. Right, because we're so intent on making do, or and or not asking for what we need
0: and not rocking the boat
1: and not rocking the boat. Right, and you know the another aspect of this that um, I've run into and have, have read about. Is um, the expectation that we don't also need to let people know what we've done, right? Um, and and you know we just expect people to see and understand the good work we've done. When in reality, we all know that most people's work is invisible to anybody else if if it's not brought brought to their attention. But we have a hard time. That's another kind of asking. Asking for attention uh, is another kind of difficult thing. And I think, I think this really does play into the leader role because as we talk about leadership, we need to think not only are we as leaders asking for what we need in terms of um, it, that will help us be the best leaders we can be, uh, but also, how sensitive are we to the to the requests that we're not getting from the people that we lead? Mm-hmm. You know, what 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 is it that they need that they're not asking us for? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know. I just think this is a uh, an interesting workplace problem, and I wonder if you've.
0: Well, yeah, you know, I agree with you, and um, certainly one place that this shows up. Uh, that is is easily you know documentable is in terms of pay equity and and you know there have been a number of articles in fact there was one um in the new york sunday new york times uh yesterday about uh the pay equity issue and i find it astonishing that that in this day and age that um the, the The difference for white women um, is seventy seven cents on the dollar, and for black women it 's sixty nine cents on the dollar i mean that that isn 't really all that different than it was mm-hmm. thirty some years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was worse than, but yeah, not it, by. It's
1: edged up a tiny yeah, bit. Yeah, but, but not by. Not only a, lot. a tiny bit, yeah.
0: And, and I think, how can this still be? And it was, so I was quite interested in reading this article, and it was talking about a workshop that um, is run by a, a woman who um, really specializes in negotiations and teaching people how to negotiate. And, um, um, you know, it, the the person that was writing this article was commenting that they, they wished that when they had been, you know, a younger career person, that a workshop like that existed. And right. I was thinking, yeah, right, me yeah. too. Yeah. Um, because I, I remember when I found out right. in 1974 or 5 something like that that of the six people in my department who were doing, all doing the same job, which was a management level job doing actually um, assessments of people in the company for um, promotability and uh, career development and whatever. So it was a very important job. Um, And I found out that of the six of us, I had the highest workload and um was you know doing from all accounts a stellar job and i guess what i made the least amount of money and i went to my boss and said how can this be this doesn't seem equitable this doesn't seem fair and he said to me well you're single you know, and you're you're not support. You don't have any kids, and so you're not supporting a family. And these other guys, you know, they're they're all married with kids. And and I said, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, what's that got to? What mean? does that job I'm right? Yeah. And and he said, well, you know, I and he went through all the whole list of excuses. And I said, you better get this fixed because mm-hmm. this is not okay. On principle, this is just not okay. And I remember thinking, "What am I going to do?" You know, I mean, I'm not prepared to file an EEO suit or whatever, which I, I would have won, but but it didn't matter. I mean, I knew that was career suicide, and right. um, I I wasn't about to do that. But um, that was very interesting. And yeah. it wasn't actually too long after that that he he left that job, and when the new guy came in. I went and talked to him and said let me tell you yeah. <laughs> this better get fixed pronto and it, and it did so i yeah so i didn't but um for that to still be the case is kind of amazing and this woman yeah 30 um, some years later right yeah. this woman whose name is um uh h-o-u-l-e, H-O-U-L-E she's she is the uh, director of a group called the wage project Mm -hmm. and they're looking at trying to close the gender pay gap and the way that they're doing that is by really by teaching people how to negotiate how to ask for what they need and um i just think that that's really pretty fascinating
1: well you know one aspect of it is is as a as a person who's a new hire, uh-huh. I mean, one of the things we know is like it's it's like um, compound interest, right? There's right. a multiplying factor. the 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 amount of what your salary is when you first get hired in or whatever you're negotiating for. Um, that's the basis for all future cost of living increases. All future, you know, just percentage you know bonuses, uh, all those kinds of things are built on that initial figure right and and if you want to get a promotion and you want to uh, negotiate a higher salary as part of the promotion, very often there's some relationship between the amount you're currently making and you know where stepwise this this the level is of the job that you'd like to get promoted to and And it influences the amount you get paid for that as well right and so right. it it's very hard to it, it get becomes more difficult to renegotiate that as right. time goes right. on right, and so it's really critical that we that we have better negotiating skills, no matter who we are m- women men, absolutely yeah
0: well, and you know there was another book that came out a number of years ago um, by a professor at MIT. Um, I think her first name is Virginia but I know her last name was was Valian and the book was called Why So Slow and it was about women's progress and whatever but she started out with that very notion of how even a small differential at the beginning gets compounded and over a lifetime of work adds up to hundreds of thousands of dollars and it was pretty amazing. I mean, it was a real eye-opener for me mm-hmm. that even a very small difference really made a huge difference over time right. um, through the, I guess, miracle of compounding and yeah. one thing right. Right. and another. Right. Um, so, you know, there's there's um, um, been a lot written about negotiation style, and, um, you know, there are, there are some general things written about Negotiation, sort of the whole getting to yes right, kind of right, stuff. right, right. But but the stuff about pay um, is is quite specific, and mm-hmm. um, it it talks about um, how if women ask for more, they're considered pushy, yeah, uh, and demanding. And the perception is, well, they, they may be kind of tough to please and they're going to be hard to work with, whereas a guy who asks for more is seen as simply ambitious. And right. that's a good thing. Right. Um, so, you know, we're still dealing with these old stereotypes. But um, um, I think,
1: I I don't know if this is happening across the board. And, you know, likely it isn't happening across the board um I see a little bit less of that mm-hmm. in some of the folks that I'm working with sure. now um yeah. even when there are other kinds of gender problems um I, I do see kind of less of that old attitude about you know if you ask for this you're pushy or, or whatever um and so, I'm only so, hoping that it's fading right. away with coming generations, right? So, the data, so it may be an attrition issue. Right? Right. I think we talked about that last time right. too, yeah.
0: But, you know, it, in, in, I know that embedded in this data is the suggestion that it's not so much the asking that's the issue. Right. It's the way it's asked. Yeah. And And that if you... Ask with a smile,
1: yeah,
0: or with a with a kind of softness about it. That it, it's kind of convoluted. That that in and of itself reinforces the feminine stereotype, and so it makes people more comfortable right. uh, because you're kind of staying within role. Um, but probably, in fact. At the same time, it also says, you know, you're, you're, you're a nice person. Right. And that, that maybe that's. I expect that, com- that you'll do what's fair. Right. <laughs> you know, that combination right. makes it more palatable. Yeah. And, you know, I remember that, that all of the data that I collected for my dissertation research, the women who had been successful in being advocates for other women in their organization talked about the fact that when they could avoid being strident, yes. when they didn't appear to be strident, and that word came up over and over again. I was yeah. like, I don't know. It wasn't a word that I particularly particularly used, but somehow it showed up in their vocabulary a lot. Um, that that allowed them to be as demanding as they darn well wanted um, and as emphatic, and have it be okay, have it be acceptable. Mm-hmm. So I think this, this is very um, consistent with that finding. And um, maybe one of the things that um, it, it's worth reminding people is that um, even when you have power, as you do as a leader people don't want to feel like they're being clubbed over the head right. so, so still being pleasant being nice about the ask mm-hmm. doesn't take away from the firmness but it, it kind of cushions it in a way mm-hmm. that makes it palatable for folks Well,
1: and I think that harkens back to uh, something we were talking about in an earlier podcast which has to do with how do you frame an issue uh-huh. And, can, and can you reframe it? I mean, can you can you recognize that your first take on it is a certain frame, and that it can be reframed in another way to help people see things in a different way? I mean, it's a very similar kind mm-hmm. of dynamic that's going mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I can be demanding and say, "By golly, I deserve this amount of money," in right? It. You know, right if you want me and my services, you're gonna come up with come up to snuff right? right, or you could just say you know we're we're engaged in a in a negotiation here about whether or not I'm coming to work for your company mm-hmm. you know here's here's what I need, and here's you know here's what I believe is fair, and I believe that you will do what's fair and it's a and it's a whole other kind of um Outcome and a whole other kind of response that you get. I I think some in some instances um, that way of discussing it can be seen as weakness. And I also wonder if those are the companies that any of us want to work for. Say, you know, say more about that. Well, that that the you know when. Like you said, not necessarily being soft, but softening the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that is met with um, discounting or, oh, well, you're just too wimpy, you know, or I can run all over you because you're not, you know, you're not really being strong, mm-hmm. right, in the way I recognize strong, mm-hmm. Um In a lot of ways, you know, that that may be an indicator. You know, in consulting we talk about as goes the contract or as goes the contracting goes the contract, right? Uh, Yeah, right. You know, that that the relationship that you create as you are determining what the work should be and how it should happen and who should be engaged in it is very much reflective Mm -hmm. of the relationship that you have Mm -hmm. as you go on doing the work. Um, another and, way and of what, putting that is the macro is in the micro, right? In any in interaction, you're, you're seeing a reflection of the larger,
0: Right, larger so dynamic. it's a
1: fractal. And, it's a fractal.
0: And, and what consultant hasn't had the experience of having a, a contracting session where they think this client is going to be a pain in the butt? Yeah. and then they lived to rue the day that right. they ever got out. and that out. was the opportunity right. to back out.
1: Right. Well, I have a feeling that the same thing is true. Mm. I I I mean, I have my limited personal experience of times when I negotiated for for work and for salary uh back in the day when I was employed. Sure. Um I you know, and that's not everybody's a, that's not a huge body but and I haven't done research on it but I suspect that you know it, it's a similar dynamic that the way that initial interview process salary negotiation all selection process as as that goes gives you a lot of information about both the company and the individuals that you that you would potentially be working with mm-hmm. and it may be that you know I mean it's another piece of that be willing to sort of ask for what you want ask yourself for what you want in that you know is this the kind of company I want to be working in is this the company the kind of company I deserve or that right. deserves of, my
0: good work instead of just being grateful, grateful that for anyone gun. would offer you a job exactly exactly yeah and i and i think that's really important
1: you know that that sense of for leaders and i mean i keep bringing it back to that because mm-hmm. i really think this is critical cuz leaders are modeling the behavior that that um everyone else will follow right. or other folks will look to as as a way of being in the world and and a pe- huge piece of that is self respect if you if if i as a leader want the very best My the people I'm leading have to offer, um, then I need them to be people who have really strong self-respect. Right. Because right. people who don't have strong self-respect are wasting energy on image management and all kinds of other things, right? So if I want their, their discretionary and their good energy to go into producing good work, mm-hmm. I want them to be people who have good self-respect. Well, that means I have to be able to model that. Mm-hmm. As a leader, I need to be able to stand in my own center right, and really be strong. And I think, I know this is kind of looping around, <laughs> but, but coming back to what we were talking about earlier, I think it's a lot easier... To make that palatable ask mm-hmm. in the negotiation, if you can really stay in your center, yeah, you know you if you're really grounded in your own self respect and can say you know this this is what i would what i would what I want mm-hmm. as a salary mm-hmm. and and let's talk about what's fair to both of us. And be able to do that in a strong way, um, but not a strident or overbearing kind of way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They, they, um, one of the takeaways from this article was that, uh, that the New York Times article, um, was that, um, the whole negotiation, um, muscle is yeah. just that. It's, it's a muscle. It's it's something that anyone can learn if they mm-hmm. if they want to, um, you know. Nobody is born that way. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it it's it's a way of thinking that takes practice and exercise, just like anything else does. Um, and that in the context of this workshop, they um, they frame it as the three T's. So there's tone, being positive but persuasive. Mm-hmm. Tactics, which is never to name a salary figure right. first. You always wait till, till yeah. the offer comes, and then you think about it, right. and you make counter. Right. Uh, but you never name the, a, a figure first, um, and then and tips, which is that you sell yourself, but you anticipate objections, and you don't get too personal. But you're personal enough to to be an individual, to be like a real human being right. that somebody can relate to. Um, it, that that those three elements all feed into any successful negotiation, and that they take like anything practice, practice, practice. Right, right. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So if we were gonna. If we were going to think about how and where people could get practice doing that, you know, when you when you think about it, there are negotiations that all of us are engaged in every day. We may not think of them that way, but they are. Right. So there are real estate negotiations, yeah, which I'm engaged in right now. Right now. Right. Yeah. I remember my husband and I had different styles around this. And I remember being involved in a real estate transaction where the buyer was asking for something unreasonable and my husband was really afraid we would lose the deal. And so he was willing to give it to them. And I just said, no way, we're going to stand firm. This is not reasonable. And if we lose the deal, we lose the deal. It's not, I mean, that's my bottom line is, Mm -hmm. you know, there'll be other buyers this is not the only buyer in the world. And um, he was kind of shocked that I would hold fast that way. But, you know, yeah. I... And it, it wasn't about money. It was about something they wanted um, in the house that was like, I'm not giving that to them. That's that's personal. That's mine, you yeah. know? And I'll buy them another one like it. Yeah. But they're not getting that one. That was a gift. <laughs> yeah, You know, it's so... But, it, so there are real estate negotiations. There are, sometimes you go to a doctor and there's a negotiation. Yeah. They want you to do this. You aren't ready to kind of take that maybe... That treatment. Big of a, that treatment or that big of a leap. And you want yeah. to do a little thinking or a little research or... Get whatever, a Whatever. whatever. <laughs> That's a negotiation. Right. And, you know, you have a right to, I think to listen to what your doctor says, but he's not God. He's not infallible. You have a right to say, I need to go away and think about that first. Right. My mother would never do that as an example. The doctor said, do it. She did it. Well, you know, I don't think I'm not like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what, those are two that occurred to me. What other oh, venues I, could people practice it? I think, <laughs> I think negotiations
1: are going on all the time. Uh, There's a very funny... With your spouse? With with your your partner? There's a very funny skit on the Portlandia uh, television program in one of their episodes that sort of mocks uh, or, or caricatures a negotiation that goes on in Portland all the time, which is Multiple cars come up to a four-way stop at the same time. <laughs> right. And, yeah. And we all know if you arrived there at exactly the same time, there is the law says you know the person on the, the right, right goes first. But there's also this. I'm always like kind of niceness. Which is the court. right? Yeah. Which, who's in who's Who right? right? And and in the in the Portlandia vignette. Um, they're, you know, the cars remain there for days trying to figure out who goes first. But, I mean, things as simple as that, that is a, nego- a negotiation. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I uh, you know, things that happen with your neighbor. Something happened with my neighbor recently. Uh-huh. And I know it was, they were enjoying themselves, having a good time. And it was impinging on my ability to enjoy myself in my home and have a good time. Mm -hmm. So I had to go and have a negotiation with them about, you know, how could make a request, how could they do what, still have a good time in their house without, you know, so we talked that through, how could that work? So I think, you know, those things are going on all the time. I mean, I lived in a house with a very small kitchen you know, who how many people are gonna be in here at once and who's gonna come in first? I mean those those things are happening all the time in very small ways. I mean real estate negotiations, salary negotiations, things like that are big and they have a huge dollar figure attached. But I think if we can recognize that we are negotiating our way through life, really, in in a lot of times in very small ways, but Again, my macro and the micro, oftentimes in those small ways, we are uh, exhibiting the same behaviors. Mm-hmm. We are either respecting ourselves and respecting the other person and having that influence the very small negotiations that we're doing or we're giving ourselves away. You know, and just letting the other person have what they think they need without reference to what what our needs might be, and I and and so I think we have an opportunity to practice that negotiation muscle much more often than we think, and if we stay conscious of that, it will help us strengthen for the big for the big times. Ah, uh-huh. right.
0: So maybe next time we can talk more specifically about. Some of the negotiation skills and strategies that that leaders um, need to develop, right? Um, and uh, because it's very linked
1: to some of the the conversations we had earlier about influencing skills and persuasion. Yes, this is a huge part of the job of a leader. Absolutely. Yeah. This kind of negotiation as well. It's all part of that same bundle. Right. Yeah. I think that'd be really interesting. To okay. Talk
0: about. So, in the meantime, if, uh, if our listeners are interested, I would refer them to the New York Times of December 16th, uh, 2012. Um, and the name of the, the particular article, How to Attack the Gender Wage Gap, Speak Up, is the name of the article. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's a Who short. Wrote it? Who wrote the article? Who, uh, Jessica Bennett. Okay. And it's a a fairly short article, but but has a lot of uh, good information and some references uh, to it. And another, I think, very basic book about negotiation uh, that's, I think, a good foundation, easy read, kind of fun to read, is um, Getting to Yes. Yeah. Um, well, and that whole series, and the whole series, uh, getting to yes,
1: getting past no, right? You know, all of those, yeah, that
0: came out of the Harvard Negotiation Project, yeah,
1: and um, that's a huge, wonderful resource, right? Yeah.
0: and it, those are those are not difficult reading, and I think they're very foundational to to just the whole notion of. Right kind of life is one big negotiation, right. and so you might as well get better at it. Right. Well, and I think
1: that the important part um, of that, of those, what I have found with those books, or uh, what I found years ago when I first discovered them, was introduced to them, is that reading them is not enough. There are many, many opportunities in those books where they give suggestions for about, to about for practice. Absolutely. And, and I think... Those it helps to take those suggestions seriously to go out and really think about what's my best alternative to a negotiated agreement. Right, and things Absolutely. like the, the things that they suggest um, in there. It's it's always better to get hands on or voice on right. with it than just to be reading it out of the book. Right, yeah, right for sure. And I I'm interested if our listeners. Have had good or bad negotiating experiences, and if they'd be willing to share them with mm-hmm. us and share with us their tips, you know what have they discovered that has helped them sort of stand their ground and and be be strong in a negotiation, or you know where have they in retrospect kind of gotten derailed gotten derailed sure. so so listeners, I hope you'll uh, use our comments section to share your stories with us and um Help us learn from you.
0: Thanks. Please leave your comments and questions on our blog. Or email us, leadershippodcast at gmail.com. This has been Episode 5 of Season 2 of Partnerships and Possibilities. Thanks for listening.